Ladies and gentlemen of the Leicester Square Theatre London, please welcome Screw... Ah, oh, no, I've extended the wrong... I've extended the wrong bit. I should extend the pip rather than the... The screw... I'll do it again. Hang on. Shh. Everyone, shh. Lead... No, I'll do a different voice. L- Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage your host for the evening, Scroobius P. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hello. Yes. Hi. Hello. Well, isn't this lovely? You all right? Something just happened. How is everyone? There's loads of you. This is nice, isn't it? Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. Cheers. It's, it's all... <laughs> Thank you very much. All I heard was just through that, just hearing my mum sing, David. <laughs> Happy birthday. Um, it's also the birthday of, of Stephen Graham, who's been on the podcast, and Chris Ramsey, who hasn't been on the podcast, and Mr. Heggie, who does all the artwork for Speech Development and the podcast, and Jim Smallman, who's been on the podcast, his daughter, Amelia. So if you could sing Happy Birthday four more times, um, just for... Accuracy. No, that's fine. Um, who came last time I did one of these? Well, thank you for coming along again. Um, last time I had a guest at the start, and this time I figured, fuck it. Oh, no, there's the guest. I've just seen the guest from the start last time. You don't know, it's here, Keith again, banging on about canals and shit. Fucking hell. <laughs> Hello, Keith. Um, so I thought I'd just have a bit of a chat at the start, and I should tell you how this is all going to work. The way we did it last time was because you guys are the guests. So <laughs> I've, I've thrown a birthday party, made you all pay to come, <laughs> and then I'm making you come up and do the work as well. Oh, I'm a mastermind. Um, yeah, so what we'll do, we'll get people to start queuing up. I'm going to chat for a bit, so don't panic or rush there. And then if you'd like to come up and ask something, then we'll have a little chat. We're going to do that for an hour, um, and then we're going to have an interval. And in the interval, you can buy copies of my book, which no one else can buy them anywhere else in the world at the moment. So that's very exciting because at the end of part two, I'm going to do a sign-in up here. So it's good if you've bought your book already. Does that all make sense? It's all pretty boring, isn't it? Pretty underwhelming start. Um, Let me see. I had some some notes of some stuff to tell you about beforehand. Oh, yeah. I, I need to apologise because it's crazy that you're all here and there's like 400 of you but you've paid far too much um, and I'm going to explain that because I genuinely th- think that this was about a book launch and a podcast and it wasn't about making money off your tickets but the venue, n- nothing wrong with the venue at all, they have kind of their set standard price and when we were agree- agreeing it I didn't check because I was, I was manic with sorting the book and 20 quid to come seems a lot so what I've done is I've brought along some fi- a, a five-pound s- sticker pack for each of you <laughs> so you can get some money back. Um, don't get too excited because I planned that a week ago and there's been a lot more ticket sales since then. <laughs> so I've only got enough of them for about half of you. 
So before I left, I grabbed some copies of my DVD. Not giving them away, they cost a fortune, but they're normally 15 quid. So if anyone wants to buy one, I'll sell you one for a tenner. So there's a fiver back as well. And, but there's not enough of them for everyone either. So I decided I'd pop a suit on to make it worth your money. So drink it in. Um, did my top, top button up, so I was a bit like a priest or a cowboy. That's the two, that's the two that do their top, top button up without a tie. And Mexicans, obviously. Um, but they often don't have the, the lower ones done up. Um, so that was that. I also I had an anxiety dream about this gig last night. And it wasn't about no one turning up. I dreamt that I invited wrestling manager and legend Paul Heyman along to introduce me. And he misunderstood it and just did an hour. <laughs> and I was literally stood there for an hour of my dream. He was smashing it, but I was like... <sighs> and then we went to an interval and I woke up. So I don't know how the rest of it went, but really glad that didn't happen. Um, um, I also wanted to tell you a story, because again, the podcast is, is full of little stories. Um, and I thought I'd tell you one that's related to a birthday, because... When I was younger, um, I was a romantic psychopath. Um, I've eased up on both of them now. Um, and and, and it, it was um, a girlfriend's 21st birthday. And I was like, right, I'm going to be really... I'm going to plan the day out. And we went to Camden, and I planned it right. So I'd researched that you could get a canal boat from Camden that goes into London Zoo... And then you get off and go, then I was like, we're going to do that. I played it all cool. I was like, oh, what's that? what's that down there? Let's go and get on the canal boat. As if I didn't know, it went to London Zoo. And then it got to London Zoo and didn't stop. <laughs> and it kept going. And I hadn't mentioned we were going there because that was meant to be the surprise. So I just started to boil over with fury inside. So she's having a lovely time on a canal boat. And I'm just, I've gone quiet. I'm bubbling. I'm like, yeah, no, yeah. She's like, well... Where's it going? I'm like, yeah, no, it's just going. It's just going. Um, and then we got off the canal by angry and walked for just over an hour to get to the zoo. So that's why I don't really do things for birthdays anymore other than charge people to come and enjoy my company. <laughs> you, yes, yes, yeah, I'll go with you, Keith. Can you, can you stop at the zoo? Is that allowed? Sweet. Who wants to go to the zoo with Keith later on a boat? Let's fucking do it. I'm well up for that. Um, so I'll just check if there's anything else I need to discuss before we get to the main bit. A romantic psychopath, anxiety dream. That's it. Other than the book, I should mention the book. I've got a book out, guys. How mental was that? Thank you very much. Um, and I'm really pleased with it. And I keep kind of, I think, annoying the publishers a bit because in all the interviews, I quite honestly say it's a lot better than I was expecting it to be. Like when they approached me and, and my agent, Becky, was like, oh, someone would like to do a book on the podcast. I was like, is there any money in it? You know, I, it wasn't that exciting. The podcast is, like I've been asked before if the podcast is a lead on to, to getting a TV show or anything like that. It's not. The podcast is the beginning an end of it. I, I love it. I want it to be that. So I wasn't that excited. And then I met with Hannah and, and the Octopus people and we suddenly started making this thing that's fucking awesome. And it's rather than just being kind of highlights of 
the biggest interviews. It's a collection of of different s- sections on similar themes. A lot of you who listen to the podcast will know that things like mental health weirdly seem to come up a lot, un- unprovoked. So there's a mental health section that's got chats and discussions on mental health from, from Gail Porter and from Eddie Temple Morris and Tom Robinson. And there's a creative a process section that's got chat from like Amanda Palmer and John Ronson and and, 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 and Danny Wallace. And there's a race section that's got Killer Mike and Akala and Riz Ahmed and all these amazing people speaking on race. So, yeah, I'm really pleased with it. So that's what I just wanted to tell you about that a little bit, just to try and really force through them sales um, <laughs> in the interval. Is everyone all right with just with starting off and we'll start to get people queuing up a bit? Is that okay? Well, while you all get ready to, to queue up, I'm going to bring a guest up first. I don't think I've told her. Is, where's my mum? You're in the front, aren't you? Come round. You're going to come up and chat for a bit. I could fucking... Seriously, I was out there 20 minutes before the gig, and I could hear her giggling with her mates at the front. It's like, keep it down. You're in a theatre. Have some class, woman. Um... <laughs> So yeah, this is the point on the podcast that the intro music will play. This piece of fiction is the intro to destruction. This piece of fiction is the intro to destruction. This piece of fiction is the intro to destruction. This piece of fiction is the intro to destruction. That's the, yep, that's a microphone. Hold that to your mouth. We'll get there. You got that? Right. There we go. How so are I'm, you? I'm fine. Happy birthday. Thank you very much. I've not seen my mum today. It's my birthday. <laughs> Only lives up the road. Didn't come round in the morning. <laughs> Just sent me an email. I emailed you. Let me know what my present was. <laughs> Thanks. Um, it's, it's a little day out. Um, a, 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 a liquor tasting thing. So that'll be fun. Might have to record a drunk cast at the liquor tasting. <laughs> That could work. Um, well, I got the idea from the drunk cast. Did you? Oh, because of the drunk because cast. Of the gin. <laughs> because my, my gin and, and Pepsi Max. Yeah. I'm drinking water tonight. It's not as scroobious as the kids are calling it. <laughs> Thank you. Um, what were you doing 35 years ago today? <laughs> I, I was exhausted. Yeah. Was like... How was it? I it's wanted to. Um... I wanted to ask you about it because I know you've got a terrible memory for stuff like this. So you probably not get any. Do you remember if it was a bad? We've got photos um, of me as a baby, and I was at least fifty percent head. <laughs> like it was proportioned that I was just yeah. a giant head on an average-sized body. <laughs> My head hasn't grown at all, and look at the fucking size of it. In fact, stand up, Mum. <laughs> that can't have been a good day. <laughs> Well, for a long time, they were saying that, no, he's not going to come because his head hadn't engaged, because your country head engages. Right. Gross. And and they were threatening that they were going to um, turn you. Oh, God. And and then went to bed and sleep, and suddenly I heard an explosion. Oh, dear. And I leapt out of bed and said to your dad, something's exploded. And you had engaged your head and the waters are broken. And it was a very messy ride to the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> I got thundersnaps. 
from last time. You I was meant to give him away as a prize. Time. I never gave him away. <laughs> God, that's horrible. Pregnancy sounds awful. <laughs> and why it do was, people do it that? Fine. It was fine. You gave up after that, though, didn't you, I noticed? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, that, that yeah, fat enough. enough. <laughs> um, so we're ending this book tour in Stanford Library. Yes, which is one of the libraries exciting. that you run, and you've 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 set up our visit there. Yep. What what made you start working in libraries? Because it's it's I was, I was on on John Kennedy the other night, and um, I'm really excited to end the book tour in Stanford Library because that is yeah. where you used to take me as a kid. Yeah. That's where I s- first started working for libraries. Yeah. Because the lady there, I'd taken you and Ian in to get some books, and as we were leaving one day. The library manager came out and said, do you fancy working here? Because yeah. <laughs> you could then. It's the easiest gig in the world. <laughs> and it was, it was what we call peak relief. So yeah. it's when, um, when somebody goes off sick, you'll get a phone call saying, can you come into the library in yeah. half an hour? And uh, so, yeah, up for that. It's good. Um, uh, uh, libraries are really important. And yeah. we forget that a lot in this country, don't absolutely, we? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I think I was, I was you just, need to use them. Yeah, I was, I was discussing with John Kennedy like off-air on the radio the other night. He was saying how he went to his local library and he was really sad because he takes his kids there and he was sad to see how much the children's section had shrunk. Mm. And the thing that struck me there was, and again, you can't really comment on most of this because you work <laughs> in the council and there's all sorts of rules, but... The thing that struck me is the the changes coming to libraries and the closures of libraries and stuff are being done by people who don't really use libraries, who've mm. just got spreadsheets in front of them. And the thing I I instantly just suggested to John was the children's section will have shrunk because people come in and use the children's section and don't take the books out. So it's not on... It's not going to... Do you know what I mean? There's not yeah, going to be as yeah. much on your stats of this many taken out, whereas... It's essential for people who need to take their kids somewhere and absolutely. not just be in the house and yeah. have books to read when they can't afford to and yeah, stuff absolutely. like that. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think it's the children that need the books as much as anything. Um, as you say, you can't afford to keep buying books all the time and children need a, yeah. good t- a huge turnover of books. And yeah, if exactly. you're borrowing them, that's, that's sort of uh, great. Exactly. But, well, that's, that's all I'm going to use you for. You can get back to your seat now. Okay. Thank you for coming out. <laughs> and if I don't see you later on, I'll see you in a week or so. Well, I'll see you in a week and we'll celebrate your birthday then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, perfect. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, my mum. <laughs> Hello. Hi. What's your name? Sorry. <laughs> I was loud. I know. Hi, my name's India. And, and you came last time and I bumped I into you in the street when yes. I was buying the fun snaps that time. Oh, is that what you were doing? And yeah. you still didn't give them out? I didn't we give them out. We you afterwards, we were angry. But me and, and Chris, who comes on the drunk cast, played with them for a good two weeks. Just, we'd, we'd keep them in our pockets and then just we'd be talking and we'd r- randomly throw them. Often when driving, at the car window... <laughs> next to each other oh please um, tell me you had some like amazing responses from people just like it was mainly just us sh- shitting ourselves anyway w- what would you like to talk about have you got a question well weirdly drunk cast related yes. actually because i couldn't really think of a question and then i was listening to drunk cast cast and i realized how much i love it and Excellent. i was wondering if you've ever like had to edit out any stories or you've just thought fucking hell don't tell that one I actually edited out the first one ever on the last drunk cast and it was only because it was really boring 
because I don't know if you've heard the last drunk cast, but that last story had me in fucking tears of, of Craig. And then, yeah, and then I ended on that. And then Stu in his drunken state said, oh, no, before we end, that's how Stu talks. Oh, no, before we end, let's talk about Tinder. And me and Stu have never used Tinder, and Chris has, and it wasn't a very interesting conversation. <laughs> it was more us just going, how is it, Chris? And him going, yeah, it's all right. So I edited it out just... <laughs> I, I, I genuinely added it out just so I had that kind of ending of ending on the Craig the Craig story. I've edited other episodes of the podcast. Only there's only been two I've edited, and it's been when it was the refugee special and the one with the uh, a women's a rehoming charity. Because both of them, because they were using aliases, there was certain things that they said that they felt gave too much away about where they came from. They were both adamant that that they wanted their story unedited and in all its gruesomeness in many ways, but they wanted that little bit. So that's that's the only points I've edited. Have you had any more like offers of stuff like that? Because um, I do sociology, and I found those episodes so interesting for my studies. And... Yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough one. I've, I, I, I get asked by a lot of different charities and stuff like that. I don't want it to just be a, a, a look what a nice world-saving podcast we are type thing. Those were both ones that really meant a lot to me. And that's my belief on charity in general on, on social media. I get, at least, at least every week, I get someone ask me to share something. And I think if you share everything, then my audience will ignore everything. If you know what I mean. If there's a post every day for a different charity, then you become numb to it. If there's a post every month or two for a charity that means something to me, then it will stand out. And, and similar on these ones, the fact that they were so heavy and so dark with like the week after was Stephen Graham being adorably scouse and lovable and stuff like that. It's like in, in the mix of it, it kind of, it makes it have that harder impact. Again, it's sim- I'm giving you a really long answer here, but um, it's similar to at gigs. It's why I'll often, at the spoken word shows and everything, I'll have some kind of humour surrounding songs like Magician's Assistant and stuff like that. And it's so that they can have the bigger impact because you've come from laughter into seriousness and then you can come out of it as well, if you know what I mean. So it will then come back to you on the way home, but it won't be a whole evening of of, 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 of heaviness. I hope that answers your question. Yes. Well, thank you very much for coming along. If you can exit on that side, and then the next person can come on. Thank you. Hello, what's your name? My name's Steve. Nice to meet you, Steve. How are you today? Good, it's quite nice up here, isn't it? It's all right, isn't it? You chose sh- sh- shorts and a t-shirt, which is the yeah, right I'm choice. Feel, I feel a bit underdressed now. No, I approve, I approve. I've, I've gone far too overdressed. In fact, oh, this is terrible you've mentioned this, but you've got the closest view ever of the first ever Scroobius Pip trainers. Oh, nice. <laughs> these, I've mentioned them on the podcast, and they're, they're I teamed up with a brand called Who, and I've worked with their designers, and I've designed these trainers. And that's my pretty signature sweet. on the back there. You see my signature embossed. Oh, yeah. That's pretty cool. Anyway, you can't <laughs> ask a question. No, no, you can. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, this is the first time I've worn them. They literally arrived today. These are prototypes. Exciting. Um, yes, would you like to ask a question? Yeah, I was just want to ask a quick question. What do you think about the UFC's heavyweight division at the minute? Because they're all really old. <laughs> they are all really old, but I think that's, that makes it exciting because it means that all the people that you go, oh, they could never come back. It's realistic that they could come back. Like Fedor and stuff like that. It's like, he's not looked good, but all you need to do is win two or three fights at heavyweight now, and everyone seems beatable, in fact. And I won't go on too long, because a lot of you won't be into UFC. 
But in fact, I think a UFC at the moment, it excites me. It's not necessarily the best for business because it's hard for building stars, but from, from lightweight up, it's the, I'd, I would say it's the most beatable champs we've ever had. Yeah, Everyone from lightweight up, it feels like there's other people in the division who would probably be a favourite if they fought, which kind of makes it exciting in many ways because it feels like there's going to be some back and forth. Obviously, yeah, it's more handy for them when they've got a Connor or a Ronda who are smashing everyone and they can build these stars. But when those stars are falling a little, it's, I like it in these situations. Yeah. Do you think, is there anything that UFC could do to get younger people into fighting? Because at the minute, there's no money, is there, really? Until yeah. you hit the right upper echelon. It's, I mean, it's tough. It's tough. There's still, make no mistake, there's still, or it's just, it's a $4 billion business. They've just sold it for $4 billion. So there's a, a lot of money in it. But I think they're doing all the right things. I think they're pushing it on social media. I think Fight Pass is fantastic and the way it's engaging Brazilian jiu-jitsu tournaments and kickboxing tournaments and all the individual disciplines to give people a greater understanding and, and, and insight into how it all how it will work so I just think it's going to grow, grow and grow and grow but I'm at the point I don't want to keep um, trying to convince people it's good in fact while I've got you up here hang on I had the UFC email me earlier yeah I'm that kind of guy I just get emails <laughs> off the fucking UFC um, and they asked me what, who I think is going to win out of Connor um, and, 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 and Diaz and so I'm at my live podcast right now and this gentleman here Steve was it yeah Steve Steve has just asked me a UFC based question so I thought I'd ask him who he think is going to win out of Connor and, and, and Nate Diaz I think Diaz is going to do it again you, you think, think Diaz is going to do it there's the yeah. Diaz <laughs> verdict I mean I'm going to now tell you I think it's foolish to try and predict MMA because <laughs> it's MMA anything can happen the fact is I think if Connor conserves his energy a bit more this time um he can he can sh- sh- shake up up diaz but equally diaz is a diaz they're really hard to knock out and finish yeah. so that's our answer cheer everyone <laughs> thank you <Nice> steve <laughs> who's next ah oh, yeah some big fans of this guy in the audience i imagine that was my girlfriend thank excellent you. how are going? you I'm good. I'm James, by the way. James, uh, nice to meet you. How are you today? I'm all right. Did you go and have a peep over at the Suicide Squad premiere? I see you're a comic book fan. Not yet. I'm a little bit sceptical about Suicide Squad. Everyone's talking shit about it, man. They're saying it's not very good. I've heard some good things. Yeah? Yeah, my voice went weirdly high-pitched there. I'm I'm, I'm considering... I've already looked up and found the two cinemas nearest to my hotel in Birmingham tomorrow that are showing (laughs) it at midnight. That's prepared. Genuinely, I, I looked up earlier. I was like, oh, I could do a midnight sh- Just with your Odeon Unlimited card you're always talking yeah, about. Yeah, I've got my Odeon Unlimited card. Thank you very much for the plug. They're not sponsors anymore, but... <laughs> I do not fantastic. work for Odeon. Yeah, they're great. I like my Odeon Unlimited card. So yeah, I'm going to try and go and catch it. But Good. I'm kind of more excited now about Star Wars and, um, and, and Bourne yeah, as well. Yeah, Rogue One. Both of them look fantastic. Oh, sorry, Star Trek. But, but, but Rogue One as well, because former podcast guest Riz Ahmed is one of the leads. Have you seen his new TV show he's got? He's got this TV show called The Night Of. No. It's just started screening in America. It starts over here soon, and everyone is going absolutely mental for it. You probably had a question to ask, didn't you? Well, <laughs> first of all, I wanted to say thank you, because you recently shared a picture of me in your new hat. Yes. That uh, got me three new followers on Instagram. Brilliant. So, <laughs> Living the dream. I've since moved and lost the hat. Brilliant. They're still it's available. probably somewhere. <laughs> but I, mean, I if hope you, you like keep, this one. If you want to keep climbing them, them, 
them followers, you probably need to order another one, mate. <laughs> Tatty old X-Men hat ain't getting your new followers, bruv. <laughs> But yeah, no, thank you very much for, That's for buying right. the cap. It was a wicked hat, and I yeah. look forward to finding it. I reckon you'll find it, it'll again. be a bit tatty, and it'll be lovely. It'll, be, it'll have a story to it now. Yeah, exactly. Uh, my question was, first of all, because uh, you get some great guests on. I do, I'm lucky. So I was going to ask, who would you have who's now no longer with us? Right. And I thought it might be more interesting to ask which fictional character you'd like to have on the podcast. Ah, oh, it's a good question. Um, R- Rorschach from, from Watchmen. From Watchmen, and then Why? That'd be yeah, that'd be just intense and wonderful. <laughs> it, it'd all be it'd all be comic book characters, man. Um, I, I've got I've got really into Midnight recently. Have you have you read Midnight? No. He was one of the um, what was the series that the Warren Ellis did for a bit. Um, I can't remember. It was, it was part of a group, but Midnight, the new launch of it, it's wicked because he's he's the first. Not only openly gay, but aggressively gay, uh, <laughs> a superhero, and he kills people and stuff. He's very—he's the modern kind of superhero that's 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 angry and killer. But he's also—he doesn't—he had a relationship that hurt him, so every story is fucking someone else basically, and he's just pulling dudes left, right, and centre. Nice, and it's just fucking brilliant. It's like it's a genuinely—I loved it as a book, um, and I just loved that that openness of wicked. Speaking of comics, yeah. have you seen the Preacher finale yet? Yes, what do you amazing, think? Without it? spoiling it for anyone, I loved it. Yeah, no without spoilers. spoiling it. Without spoiling it, no spoilers. But it's got like three endings. It was fucking awesome. There's like, like you know, the big end of series uh, musical montage type bit. There's at least three. Yeah, and it's brilliant. And it's great. I like the way it's sort of caught up with the comic now, but in a completely different way. Yeah, They're yeah. doing their own thing with yeah, it. Yeah, I loved it. Um, and yeah, I liked the ending as a kind of a fuck you to, to everyone who's been moaning that it's. It's all in the same town and so on and so forth. I also really enjoyed the episode of Mr. A Robot this week. Oh, wicked, Because yes. it had a musical montage on it that was like um, a kid's version of Basket Case by Green Day. And I used to love Green Day back in the day. And it was, again, it was a really good s- sequence and segment. So check that out. That's it, I guess. Thank you very much, No James. worries, thank you. Cheers, man. Take care. Thank you. Hello. I'm good. You're on my list of people I was going to be demanding to come up anyway. So it's delightful that you... Have you got a pen? I have. Good. All right. Yeah. So I've got Jordan Gray here, Tall Dark Friend, podcast guest. Before you get to ask any questions, I've got to ask you, have you been up to much since the podcast? (laughs) Those that know will know, but you've been up to a lot, haven't you? I was on a little TV show uh, called Jeremy Kyle. Yeah. No, it wasn't Jeremy (laughs) Um, I did the Voice UK on BBC. It was all right. I think I did all right. You stole the show and it was amazing because for anyone who who doesn't watch the voice, that's fine. But you can imagine my excitement being a fan of Jordan and being a fan of Paloma. And you didn't get through initially and then Paloma changed her mind and pulled you back and it was this big drama. Paloma sends her love, by the way. Brilliant. The, The very first time she came on camera, I'd emailed her the night before. She was really gracious. She sent me a little email to say, you're back on the team. Brilliant. Tell me a bit about yourself. I told her about the podcast. We're all set up and ready to film. She walks into the room. All cameras go, one, two, three. She goes... To me, Scroobius Pit, right? I'm like, I oh, know. <laughs> like, can we do that again? <laughs> it was amazing, but yeah, it was it was was hugely exciting, and um, it's weird because a lot of people l- l- love those kind of reality shows. A lot of people hate them. I know Paloma ended it kind of with mixed feelings about the process of it all and things like that. So, how did you find that? Because you come from from grafting, from from gigging, from 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 
building up from the, the, the traditional way. So how was it then to go on yeah. a show that's kind of a, some people will see as a, a polished weird version? It's kind of a pre-prescribed avenue to exactly what I always wanted. And then you realise when you get there, it is very different from, yeah. from having made something um, from grafting. I personally think the BBC did an amazing job. I don't know what it's going to be like when it goes to ITV, but I'm, I'm transgender in case nobody knew that. <laughs> like, yeah. like, um, they dealt with their first ever trans contestant so well. Eventually, yeah. I was just another contestant. I yeah. think if that had been... I don't know if anybody here works for The X Factor, but I think like if it had been The X Factor, it might have been a very different story. It wasn't sensationalised, it was just normalised. It was, it was, it was, really it was nice. mentioned, it was addressed, but it wasn't a, a major deal. And it's similar... When I saw that you were on The Voice, um, it was similar to when I heard a Paloma... Because I've known a Paloma Faith for years, and when she signed her big record deal... It was one of them where it was like, this is perfect, because Paloma isn't the kind of act that really works in pubs forever. It's like, she needs to be in a stadium with the most amazing things going on. And it was similar with you. As soon as I was like, wow, you're going to get the production of, of a TV show, and it's just perfect for your music and, and what you do. So, yeah. yeah, it was exciting. I think they did beautiful things. Yeah, I'm really, really chuffed with it. Yeah, Excellent. Well, congratulations so. on it. And, and what's to come? You're, you're working on a new record, right? I am. I've got a new album coming out, but also a spoken word sideline. Pip basically uh, has inspired me since I was a little, I want to say girl, but that's just not the truth, is it? Since I was a little boy. I wish. Like, since I was little. Um, So I did a a spoken word piece that you very graciously put on your show called In Hills. I did. I'm now working with my good friend Andy Greening on a third track for an EP called Cry for the Camera, all spoken word stuff. Very much as a homage. I would want to say that it's a homage to you. I do take off your accent like, a little bit. I like but, it. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. We're from the same area, so it's we okay. Sort of are, aren't we? Yeah, so, yeah. so have you got a question or anything? I've I kind do, of turned yeah. it into just asking you questions. I did that with the other guy. You, um, you expressed your opinion on something recently that is very dear to my heart. Yes. And I'm wearing it on my hat right now. I was wondering yes. if you could give us your thoughts on Pokemon Go. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't... I did a little v- video about it and it went crazy. Like it's been seen by like a million people or something. And it was inspired by another person from round our way actually. And I'm not hating on anyone, but I saw a video someone posted of, of Russell Kane just having a big old rant. And he's from South End. He used to come to my spoken word gigs. He's a, a funny dude. I've met him a few times. He's lovely um, or seems lovely. I don't know if he's lovely. He could be a murderer. I don't, <laughs> we ain't that close. Um, but it was a big, a big rant about how ridiculous Pokemon Go is and how we should be focusing on all these more important things. And I just found that to be a massive irony that people... And the video I did was kind of pretending it was going along that route. So it was implying that you're wasting your time playing Pokemon Go when really you're wasting your time complaining about how other people enjoy themselves. It kind of, it kind of blew my mind. And some people have argued, yeah, but people are dying because of it. It's like, yeah, but idiots are dying because of it. So... <laughs> I'm kind of okay with that. There's too many humans. So I don't mind if idiots are walking off cliffs playing a game. It's if, like, cool, if, see you later. If like... <laughs> I don't mean to be harsh, but it's not like we're losing the next great philosopher because he walked off a cliff playing Pokemon Go. It's not... If like yo-yos had become popular again, you'd hear about a load of yo-yo yeah. related deaths, but yeah. you wouldn't say they were dangerous. Completely, yeah. completely. So yeah, I, I think it's wicked. Um, as a... a, a, a a Bellator event recently and one of the fighters won his fight gloriously then put on the same hat that you've got rolled a little pokeball and did a little thing <laughs> I'm doing an action now um, and then in his post-fight interview he said I've, I've caught me a cyborg because the guy he was against was called Cyborg there we go there's some <laughs> some some <laughs> 
some celebratory tissue falling Wait, did from you the know ceiling. I was coming thanks for those that are... <laughs> no. but yeah I embrace it and I think it's good I presume you play it right <laughs> right I've not got unlimited internet so it'd eat up my internet so I live vicariously for other people oh, I've man. had this hat for years I didn't just buy this because of Pokemon Go I'm well into Pokemon I'm so, just... I'm so disappointed that yeah, you're know, not playing right? it you feel it just have you got it no, I haven't. <laughs> I, I, but I ain't, I ain't wearing a Pokemon hat, you know what That's I mean? That's a really good point. Come on, this, yeah, yeah. You've got to, I think this. we need to use this as a platform to find an internet provider that will provide the voices Jordan Gray with free internet um, to play Pokemon Go and bring it to her following and, and, f- and fans. So hopefully that will happen. That's very gracious of you, Pip. Thank, thank you very so much, much for coming thank along. You, bless you. To thank you, bless you. And thank you so much for including that piece in the book. No problem. Oh, Jordan's in the book yeah. as well, obviously. I didn't even get to mention that. I'll, um, you sign it for me. I'll sign you? it at the end. If I was going to okay, just be cheeky mad at me. the queue up here, but that's probably well, a you bit know, you'll be a, You're quite close to the front anyway. You'll be thank fine. You. Thank you. Hello. Hello, sir. In you your right? in your short shorts, carrying a yeah. bottle of cider, I They're love so it. So much shorter than I was expecting. How, how summery? It's empty. It's just a prop. That's good. Um, um, how are you? Yeah, I'm all right. How, how are you? And what's your name? Uh, my name's Louis. Nice to meet you, Louis. I didn't catch the name of the guy with the hat earlier, but he was definitely trying to get a free hat. That and you James. shut him down. Yeah, I know. I shut James down. Yeah. I'm going to remember all of your fucking names. Don't <laughs> you worry. Yeah. Yeah. Give him another one. No, he's not going to get another one. Don't you try and get it. Are you his friends? I don't, I don't. He sends you up to give me a little n- nudge. <laughs> no one's getting a hat unless they pay twenty nine ninety nine. Can I can I take which, some stickers? Which though, is on a the penny way? less than the stickers come for free. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, you can have some stickers. Yeah, Everyone well, can grab some some st- stickers when they're up. James, do you want some stickers? Yeah. Here, pass these back to James. Where are you? Where is he? Put your hand up. Hang on. No, I really want to th- throw him because Amy's in front of you. I'll hit her. Good to see you, James. Thank you for coming. <laughs> Nailed it in one. Anyone listening on the audio, just first time, went across the whole room, <laughs> actually landed on James's hat. <laughs> his lost hat in his, in yeah, his bedroom. In his That's how far I threw it. Have you got a question other than James's hat question? Yeah, it's a, um, this one you Fucking might need Keith's help for. Um, I listen to No Commercial Breaks a lot uh, when I was an angsty you. teen. And, I can't um, listen to it. Because yeah. like my voice has changed so much, you hate it spins the production me production as well, don't you? I, th- uh, that sounds like I'm, sh- I'm shitting on other people. So I don't hate the production. I just, I, mean, I just, <laughs> I just hate hearing my own voice. Yeah, it's really weird. But well, yeah, go on. Yeah, so I listened to that a lot growing up, and there's a track on there which you might not remember, "Reprise." Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's a little sort of secret track at the end uh, where you try and find your friend Lawrence. Yep. So after "Reprise" is is, is Lawrence, and interesting. Um, a reprise was inspired by a New Year's card I got from my mum, which just said, um, I wish you everything Name you wish yourself. Your at any yeah, you yeah, get. no, but that's here as well. I'll get him up at some point as well. I'm not just, it's just by chance. A thousand words has got yeah. my dad saving my life in it, so I'm yeah. not just, just picking my mum here. Um, but yeah, I wish you all you wish yourself. And, and, the, and the, the last lines of that is, I can't even remember what the last lines are, but it's got that, that line in that's it. Damn, that was bad. Um, but yeah, that hidden track. I was going to uh, ask you Lawrence. Lawrence was, but is that the card? Um, I've, I've, I've not found him. Um, <laughs> so this track on the end of No... Again, I'd forgotten about this until yeah. I, heard, I heard it a little while ago. Originally, I made that for my mate's birthday present. Yeah. So I've made one f- for Chris over the years as well. So I used to do me, my mate Chris on the drunk cast, and my mate Stu, not on the drunk casts. Um, we... 
are used to make each other a mixtapes a lot. Yeah, we're old. We're old <laughs> and not very manly. And we make each other mixtapes. And I would often write and record a little song at the end. It's probably the first songs I wrote. And I wrote one called something like Chris, I Hate You. And it was just a sung acoustic song about how much I hate Chris. Um, and then one was Lawrence. Because me and my mate Stuart decided that anyone who's tall and awkward looking is a right fucking Lawrence. Like, like that was our name for tall, awkward looking yeah. people. Like, he's a bit of a Lawrence, isn't he? And not even like insulting. Like Stephen Fry, he's like King Lawrence. He's, he's the king of the Lawrences. Peter Crouch, like sporty yeah. Lawrence. There's, there's a lot of fucking... A Lawrence is about. I'm a Lawrence. I'm a big. I'm. I'm hipster I was Lawrence. Say, yeah, you're a Lawrence. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. So I wrote that song for that, and then was that just for all Lawrences? Yeah, it was for yeah. all Lawrences. I was, I, was, I was looking for my imaginary friend Lawrence, <laughs> um, and I put it on the end of the album. And you've got to bear in mind that when I recorded that album, I was no. I had no idea anyone other than a few of my friends would hear it. Yeah. I didn't know I'd be sitting on a stage ten years later with someone saying they listened to it when they were growing up. Make me feel fucking old. <laughs> But yeah, but thank you very much. Yeah, cheers. Cheers, man. Enjoy your stickers. It's all right, mate. I'll get rid of this. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. No, it's all right, mate. I got it. Don't worry. Let's get that tissue that came up while I'm there, actually. That was... Just give me a minute. You stay there, Connie. Cheers. Hello, Connie. How are you? Hello, Scrooge. I'm good. How are you? I bumped into you last time. Yes. Um, how have you been? Not too bad, thank you. How are you? Good. good. I'm, I'm all right. I'm all right. This all seems to be going okay. We're almost... I think we're going to keep going for another 25 minutes. Then we'll start the second half and we'll queue up again. But we'll get through all of you in the end. I think it's really weird you spoke about a prize because I messaged you once. It came up um, before my exams last year. I messaged you was like, thank you. I really needed that. <laughs> really cheered me up. This year Excellent. it was reading her dreams. Excellent. Another hidden track that just sort of yeah. came up. <laughs> that's, that's, that, that's a weird one. Dan used to hate us doing are reading my dreams live because it's essentially a slow song about giving someone a massage <laughs> which is awkward to be on stage with another guy during and i used to perform it i did this thing i stole it from slava pool i can't pronounce his name a, a russian clown who does a, a thing called slava's snow show which i love i go and see it every year um and he's got a bit where there's a coat on a coat rack and there's a hat there and he kind of uses mime to bring it to life and i i nick that routine i put a sign up saying where i stole it at the end i nick that routine but dan after about two tours was like can we stop doing that i feel so weird because he's just stood there as i'm doing a song about massage and cuddling myself through a coat it's it's basically the thing where you pretend you're you're being kissed but more arty um so yeah, that's a weird one. That but was really beautiful, thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. Um, and, and, and Dan originally wrote that piece of music for his friend's dad's funeral. And again, I then wrote a sexy massage song over it. <laughs> it's a wonder we don't work together anymore. I've, I've, I've broken the poor boy. So um, have you got any questions? Sorry. Yeah, I've got two kind of completely opposite ones, well, Excellent. totally different ones. Um, I talk about you a lot. Um, everyone's kind of a little bit bored about it. But <laughs> I don't know how to introduce you. Your rapper, spoken word, podcast, actor. How how should I introduce you? Just Scroobius Pip. Just just <laughs> just, just, just go with Scroo. No, it's 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 a weird one, and it's it's why I love the fact that we've all got internet on our phone and stuff like that. That we don't have to use categories or labels anymore as much. We can kind of go, oh, here's what it is, or show a few things or whatever. And I don't know. I I I, I like that fact that 
a, a blessing and curse that me and Dan had when we started off was we were making music that wasn't generally being made. So it wasn't easy for labels to go, oh, they're like a new Coldplay, so we'll put them in this route, or they're like a new this. So it was a struggle at first, but then it meant that a few years on, you'd come to our gigs and there'd be metalers and there'd be hip-hop kids and there'd be punks and there'd be old people and young people. And it meant that we had this hugely varied audience that was kind of a, a beautiful thing. And I think it's why we've been able to continue having that fan base over the years because it's always been such... We get so many people who say, I don't normally listen to your type of music, but I like you guys. And at first, there was a lot of, well, that's because we're the only ones making our kind of music. But then a lot more stuff's kind of come about. So, yeah, it's a weird one. But, yeah, there's no real description or, or label. It's why I picked the name Scroobius Pip, because it's a creature that... I've told it a million times, but it's a creature that didn't know what it was and then realises it's its own creature. So, yeah. Um, and the other thing, um, I'm absolutely obsessed with the Say Why Drugs podcast. I think it's absolutely it's fantastic. It's brilliant, isn't it? And I, I really appreciate you guys doing it as well. It's such a great resource. Yeah, um, I love it. But I've, I've had um, quite a few people say to me, oh, so do you take drugs then? Are you really into drugs, this sort of stuff? I, I don't, Mum. I'm really sorry. Yeah. I'm not cool <laughs> enough. Um, I've taken loads of drugs, Mum. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't now, if it's any consolation. What sort of response have you had from people? Because, I mean, obviously on the podcast you do talk about your experiences and stuff. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been great. And it was a real just perfect storm of chance, really, that I did the podcast with Susie and she wanted to do that. And originally it was going to be a multitude of different guests, just a different guest each week. And then we recorded a load. And each time she was preparing new ones. It just happens that in my youth I experimented with with drugs but I feel I'm a good guest on it because I don't take any of them now it's, it's the same with the Leap a UK podcast Stop and Search with Jason Reed. I've got a stutter I hadn't forgotten his name I know he's in the room I know I hadn't forgotten your name there um, yeah it's, it's, it's just good ones because if it's a stoner and I, lo- I love Joe Rogan's podcast for example but he talks so intelligently about why drugs should be legal but he's a massive massive stoner so it's easy for a certain area of society to go ignore him, he's a stoner. So I kind of feel, not an obligation, but an exciting opportunity to go, look, I've done drugs, I don't do any now. That doesn't mean I don't think that they should be legal. I don't think we should be educated on them. It's not about my own personal gain, it's about what they are and what it means in societies. And, so yeah, and as said, like the Dr. Susie Gage podcast, it's, just, she's so, it's such a resource that should always have been there, so it's exciting. Thank you very much, thank Connie. Thank you. Happy birthday. Cheers. Thank you. I draw some, some stickers. <laughs> oh, thank you. Hello. Hello. Um, Frank? Yes. See, I fucking pay attention, me. How you doing? Very well. Happy birthday. You're taller than you look on social I'm media. You're a bit of a Lawrence, mate. You're a bit of a, a fucking Lawrence, aren't you? No, you're right. How are you? Did I'm you enjoy well. your pizza earlier? It was bloody lovely. Oh, where did you go? Franco Manca. Is it, is it good there? It's the best in London. Really? Controversially. <laughs> I'm not a priest. I've just done my top it, burner. Yeah, yeah I know. It's a good look. I loosened mine. I was getting a bit religious. Um, there, I walked past one earlier. There's another one. Pizza Pilgrim. Knock off Nigel, mate. Is it not as good? Not as really? good. Really? Not as good. I, I tell you, I looked in the window and I thought, they look all right, but no, I didn't mate. have time. So I popped in for a Five Guys. Um, I told people about my Five Guys experience the last time. I'm going to get back to you, honestly. Um, the last time I told people about going to Five Guys before the gig and they, they, they heard and sent me a gift card, which was lovely. I've gone again 
I've got a negative story rather than a positive story. All right, I had a lovely burger, and this, is gonna, this isn't going to be what you want to hear now. I needed a, a poo. <laughs> and the dressing room out there is lovely, but the toilet is the same room as where you're sitting. So I thought, I'll do a poo in five, guys. And I popped in there, and it was, the toilet roll bit was broken. And I saw a girl who works there. I said, the toilet roll bit's broken in there. And she's like, can't go in there, I'm a girl. I was like, all right, but can you get someone? She's like, I mean, you could ask someone else. I was like, but the toilet roll's broken. And she's like, I can't go in there. I was like, no, I know that. It's because you're a girl, but you work here, so there's probably someone who can fix it. And she just shrugged and walked off. And I just laughed, came back and did a poo and then sat next to it for an hour. <laughs> so, not ideal. Great burger, though. <laughs> Frank, have you got a question? That's a lovely story. That's lovely. Um, I want to first apologise, because I um, took the piss out of those watches when you posted a picture a long time oh, ago. Because I said, why are you wearing two watches? And your response was, two shoes, two socks, yep. two watches. Yeah. It looks good. It looks all right, doesn't it? Looks it looks all right. <laughs> two earrings. Two earrings, there we go. Two gloves. Yeah. One hat. One hat. You've only got one head. Only got one head. Makes sense. Makes That'd sense. be crazy. I wear two hats. <laughs> um, you've done a lot of podcasts. I have. What has been a highlight, apart from the drunk cast Craig story, which is <laughs> one of the funniest things I've ever heard. I was in tears for that story. We're trying to get Craig to tell more of his stories because he's got another one that involves him trying to spin kick a door down <laughs> that's that's more lewd than that sounds but we're going to try and get craig to tell that on the next one um highlights it's so tough i remember doing the killer mike one yeah. and doing that after his gig and we were going to do it before the gig and we were, were going to do it at coco and then they finished their show uh the run the jewel show and they were like right I can either do 10 minutes here or you can come back to the hotel and we'll do like as long as you want. So I went back to the hotel. I gave Mike and LP a lift up uh, back to the hotel. We set up. So it just means ended up, it finished at about 2.30 at night. And then I had to walk to my car and I just walked to my car just buzzing because Killer Mike is such an important voice in black America at the moment. Um, And yeah, it felt like we'd, we'd done something special there. I had similar feelings in a different way after the Eddie Temple Morris and the, and the Gail Porter ones. Yeah, yeah the Gail and, Porter one. And they're two still, particularly the Gail one, that the, the Gail Porter one was over a year ago now and I still haven't had a week where I haven't had a tweet about it. Yeah. Still to this day I get tweets about people because for those who haven't heard it, she talks so openly about being, about her mental health issues and being committed at one point and being in a mental hospital and wondering if she's ever going to get out and all sorts of just amazing stuff and was so open and, and yeah articulate about it all so yeah I, I, I love that one but there's there's a lot to choose from yeah. man there's a lot of different things I like about them I really enjoyed the Brett Goldstein and John Adriva one which are the two people who made Super Bob because we're really good mates so yeah. I hadn't done a drunk cast at that point and that was the closest it had been to that because there's loads of us just one will say a really long intelligent story and then the other two will just mug them off <laughs> just, All right. then ask for your life story mate kind of <laughs> Yeah, so they're good fun. There's a lot. Okay, and one more. Um, a podcast you can recommend that isn't on the Destruction Pieces Network. Yes, there's loads. Um, the Joe Rogan Experience, I've mentioned a lot. I really are, are recently going to um, a documentary series, I guess, called Untold, which is similar to 
a serial. It's based on the Daniel Morgan murder that happened in the 70s or 80s in, in South London. Um, I'm loving that. I really enjoy Adam Buxton's podcast. It's yeah. fantastic. Richard Herring's podcast, which is recorded here. I recently did a little... I went away for a few days and I drove around up north on my own just, just writing and all of the driving I was listening to Richard Herring's podcast on and it was just, yeah, well, I loved cool it. The kids call it Rehalistapur. There you go. There go. See you that was beautiful. Are these, are these his chairs? These are his chairs, yeah. I literally, they emailed me saying, could you give us a breakdown of the setup you need? And I just emailed back saying, Richard Herring. You should have emailed back and said, would you prefer a ham hand or an armpit that's meant to see, see. You should all listen to the Richard Herring podcast. It's, it's very enjoyable. <laughs> cool, man. Well, thank you very much, Frank. Pleasure, Thanks for mate. coming along. Happy birthday. Thank you. Have a sticker. Hello, sir. You were the first person here today. I was. And what's your name? I'm Charlie. Charlie. Nice to meet you. I saw you outside, and I did that awkward thing of thinking, oh, they must be here for the gig. And then just as we made eye contact, I thought, they might not be. That could just be someone on the street. <laughs> and so I, I kind of just smiled and walked past. <laughs> and then I awkwardly said, hello. Like yeah, that, yeah. Or we both were like, hi, <laughs> hi. And we could have just been strangers flirting. It would have been could nice. Have been anything, yeah. <laughs> How are you today? I'm very well, thank you. And thank you for, for coming nice and early. What would you like to discuss? Um, well, you've spoken very candidly, both yourself and your guest, um, throughout the, kind of the history of the podcast, about a lot of important issues like mental health, um, yeah. human sex trafficking, uh, Black Lives Matter, all the big issues, basically. Um, and I'm just wondering, what do you think has been the most challenging to approach in terms of, um, kind of trying, to, trying to maintain... Um, a kind of a very neutral voice uh, whilst also having kind of something quite difficult but also what is the most enjoyable as a result of that yeah no completely um it's the beauty of podcasting is i've got no responsibility to have an, an, a neutral voice if i want to say i got some some stick the other week because because michael obisping is a great british fighter he's done amazing things but he recently used the word yeah. fag um to insult someone and i think that makes you a piece of shit and it's a tough one because there's, you know, it's it's a mistake. I don't genuinely think he's homophobe. I think he's just ignorant to it. Okay. And I think he doesn't realise that. I don't think he hates gay people, but I do think he feels calling someone gay is a negative thing, which mm. is something that we need to get away from. But it, I don't know. It means that on a podcast, I didn't have to be politically correct. I could yeah. say, fuck that guy. <laughs> I don't give a shit. Um, the toughest one, I think, is always... The, the issues in America and now in the UK for the, the black community. Because it was great speaking to Killer Mike because he kind of said, look, this isn't a problem that can be solved by just the black community. It's important that the white community and all other the ethnicities allies, yeah. are, are, are working t t together to solve this. But still, there's an awkwardness as a white British person kind of, of discussing it. There's always going to be areas or terms or parts that you feel oh, I've not got a right to comment on this. So, so that's tough. My favourite, um, and it's not just because Jordan's here, but was discussing um, trans culture with Jordan because there was a lot that I was ignorant to and it was someone that I was comfortable to make mistakes in front of, if you know what I mean. Yeah. The, the, you know, I, 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 in a way, I wanted to make the mistakes that a listener could make so that they could be corrected pleasantly and articulately. So that was a really ex exciting one because I learned a lot. I learned that I went in asking an individual to teach me what all trans people think yeah. Yeah. and realise quite quickly how insane that is. But loads of us think that all the time. You've, you, you might ask a gay person what terms gay people are all right with. 
it could vary hugely. You can't speak for all... I can't speak for all bearded people. Um, I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't even try. It'd be, it'd be an insult to my culture. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was, they were fascinating ones for me. But then I said it's equally fun to just make dick jokes with my mates when we're drunk. Yeah, the drunk casts are, are quite a favourite of mine. They're kind of an annoying success because <laughs> I put a lot of effort into every other episode. The drunk cast, Stu picks me up, we drive five minutes up the road and get drunk and they're the most popular ones on the, on the network. But fuck it, makes it easy, doesn't it? <laughs> Um, and one more thing. Um, is it possible that you're going to get Neil Harris on soon? Because it would be quite interesting to hear him talk about the Watford goal in like big detail. I'd love to. We were gonna. We were discussing it towards the end of last season, and it all got pretty intense. So mm. it wasn't really a time. No, actually, end of the season before the season we went down. Okay. So we were discussing it, but it felt it. It wasn't the time to. I'll definitely get around to it. For those who don't know, Neil Harris is the Millwall manager, and I'm a Millwall fan. But he's also got an amazing story of battling and defeating testicular cancer and post-beating testicular cancer becoming Millwall's all-time top goal scorer. So, yeah, I'll get him on at some point. He'll be a great guest. I'm glad you've kind of reminded me of that, so I'll make that happen. And Louis Theroux as well, if that's possible. I'd love to have Louis (laughs) Theroux on. It's it's tough, man. I don't know everyone. And, (laughs) and, 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 And Louis strikes me as someone who's lovely but really only does what Louis wants to do. And that's not from any experience. It's just like you don't see him... Sh- shilling on all sorts of different programs he yeah. seems to be really quite exclusive so yeah. i get a bit nervous and scared to kind of think <laughs> uh, shall i hit up buxton and get him to set me up with louis <laughs> it's like asking someone out like, I, I like your mate when louis met pip <laughs> can you tell your mate i like him and i'd like to talk to him yeah. get all nervous well thank you very much nice. cheers <laughs> so i reckon we'll get a couple more in and then we'll have a little break but if you remember who was at the front, is, is there only three left there at the moment? Four. Let's try and get through that four. If we can't, then we'll go back to just we'll remember who was at the front. But please think of some questions in the second half because we can't do the whole second half with just two of them. It's going to be awkward. Go ahead. Sorry. What's your name? Um, my name's Jonathan. Nice to meet you, Jonathan. How are you today? Uh, I'm doing quite well, actually. Good, good, good. What would you like to discuss today? Uh, first of all, I'd just like to thank you from the bottom of my heart, because um, you've inspired me quite a lot, especially when I was young, into writing poetry, spoken word, that kind of thing. Wicked. And I remember in 2013, email, I think it was 2013 or 2012, I remember emailing you uh, saying that like, I, was, I was going for a rough patch in my life and I was just wanted to thank you for your music and your poetry because it, it helped me a lot and inspired Wicked. me to change my life a lot. And did I reply? Um, yeah, you did actually Thanks reply. Very glad. Well, cool. And how are things g- g- going now? You seem, um, you seem yeah, like you're doing like all right. Full 180, yeah. I'm, I'm a much better person now. Everyone seems to like me. Um, Brilliant. You know, I'm, I'm not stressing or anything about like exams or anything like that. It's great. I don't, I don't, I have, I, whenever I, I sort of feel like I'm doing something wrong, I always think back to a quote. I think it's not from you, but it's a quote you used. Yeah. Was, um, <laughs> hey, I used it. I'm taking this. Go on. Um, you, I think you used it in Get Better. You said, um, whether you have or have not wealth, the system might fail you, but don't fail yourself. And yeah. I, always, I always think back to that whenever I'm, I'm sort of having any issues. I'm always like, thanks, Mr. Pip. No, that's, that, that, that's wicked. Um, and that, it's great, because that is, that is a quote I get accredited. I'm glad you said that it's not technically me, because I get people 
quote that to me a lot and say, oh, you're rich. But it's, I was quoting a Billy Bragg line, and Billy Bragg is an absolute hero. He's from the same area as me, an absolute inspiration, a poet. And when me and Dan Lassac were doing our last tour, he agreed to just unannounced come on stage with us and do t- t- to have and to, and to have not, which is, is where that, that lyric's from. And I sung the first verse, Itch sung the second verse, and Billy did the, the third and the choruses. And I don't particularly get nervous, but the sound check where I'm about to sing, I don't sing much on stage, where I'm about to sing a Billy Bragg song with Billy Bragg stood next to me, <laughs> And a bit of concern that, because we're from the same area, so our voices are similar, but it's like, am I just doing a Billy Bragg impression? Is he going to turn around and go, don't take a piss, mate, don't... But yeah, that was an amazing experience for me. And as I said, a, a quote that influenced me as much as it's, it's hopefully influenced you, so I'm glad. Um, I think my question, or at least the main one, is uh, to young people like me who maybe write poetry, spoken word, maybe as a sort of hobby, or just a thing to do occasionally... What would you say to young people like that who maybe aren't sure about doing it more or continuing it through their life? It's become a theme of the podcast of just that the, for I think 90% of all these things is just doing it. So if you want to do it, then just do it. If you're doing it for an end goal, then that's where it starts to get dangerous and risky. In, in the book, I've got a section on how to podcast and I say the kit I use and all this kind of thing. But I kind of also say, look, if you're going to do a podcast, don't do it because they're big and you can make money out of them or anything else. Because even with distraction pieces, we did a year and didn't make a penny and we had big guests and all this. I was making it because I love it and wanted to make it. So, yeah, it's a tough a tough one that way. I feel – I get people email me their, their work a lot and say, can you give me – like either have a listen or have a read. And I always say no because, number one – I was never taught any of that stuff. So I feel really unqualified to give any great v- views or opinions. All my, all my mates who make music now know Dolan is, is one for this. He knows not to, to, to bother asking me. Because even though I'm the label manager, he'll send me a track and I'll be like, yeah, that's cool. And he's after constructive... Fe- and Sage Francis is amazing at that. He'll break bits down and say, that works, that doesn't work. I'll always be yeah, that's, that's wicked. So I struggle to give advice. And my, the thing I normally reply on their messages is like, look, if you're excited enough to be sharing it, it's probably decent. It's probably what you need it to be. If, you're, if you don't want to share it, then maybe it needs some work and maybe you should, I should work on that. So, yeah, it's a tough one. No, I hope that helps in some way. Thank you very much. Um, just as well, um, I've got to apologise first off because probably unlike a lot of people here, I don't listen to the podcast that much. That's fine. That's I'm, fine. I'm more into the, the poetry and spoken word, but it's very good from what I've heard. Wicked. And from what I've... You know, I've actually heard myself I mean, you're on it, from other man. people. Yeah. <laughs> but um, is there a possibility in the next couple of years that you will ever do another tour with poetry and spoken word? Because I'd love, I'd love to see that before. Yeah, yeah, probably. Um, I don't want to do any more tours until I've got a new album. Because um, I basically, I did eight, nine years of album, tour, album, tour, album, tour. And the last album is probably the album I'm most proud of. And the last tour was probably the tour I was most proud of our performances. And I think that's a good point to go, right, stop now before I start just churning out shit because I know I can sell it or touring because I know people will turn up. So I wanted to go, right, the next album, I want it to be because I've got got something to say. And then when that's done, I'll be touring. And it's tough with spoken word or whatever anyway because most of the stuff that I do as spoken word is also stuff I do as songs. It, there's a lot of crossover. So any tour I'll do will probably have some a cappella stuff in 
and so on and so forth. So yeah, I will at some point, but I don't know when. I've not written much of the new record yet. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm getting there. But yeah, soon, soon, my friend. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you very much for coming thank along. Thank you very much. Cheers, man. Hello. How are you? What's your name? Very good. Chloe, nice to meet nice you. Nice to meet you. Shake hands. Uh, no one to reiterate too much what the lovely fella said. Yeah. Um, but it is about more the poetry, spoken word side of Yeah, no, that's wicked. Go ahead. Um, I was wondering, really, with your older stuff, your spoken word stuff, yeah. that side of things, um, especially with Kate Tempest, the stuff only you did with her as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was wondering what your opinion really is, is about when it becomes, moves from poetry to spoken word poetry, to music, and how that transition happens, and where you think those movements sort of, yeah. word-wise, how it the beat moves Completely, with that. completely. Yeah. It's, it's a weird one, because it's, it's similar to what I was saying about the trans questions and stuff like that. I can yeah. only answer for myself. Yeah. And B. Dolan did a post the other day saying, he's finally figured out the difference between hip-hop and spoken words. And he said one's got music and one hasn't. <laughs> and that was his revelation. And, and I kind of agree because... Uh, because sure. no, uh, again, of, of like when I did my spoken word tour and, and indeed my DVD, which is right here. And I've got a few, <laughs> a few for sale for £10. Pounds. Um, has he got a track listing on this? It's not got a, tr- a track listing on it, but 90% of the, the stuff I did on that tour, I've done at some point with music or over music or I originally wrote to music. And I think there's a huge difference in the performance of it, the, the cadence, the timing, the pauses, the allowing silence to be a huge part of the piece. I think that's a, yeah. a massive part for spoken word f- f- for me is realising where the gaps are important and where that can be... It can be as important as, as, as the word that comes after the gaps. Like, you, you, you'll put a certain word in there and you'll, you'll leave it to hang there. And the more it hangs, the more that tension builds because you're in a room of 100 people and they're all silent and nothing's happening and you've all just heard something sh- sh- shocking and hard. So, yeah, it's kind of ex- 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 exciting in that way. But as I said, it is. It's, I do think of them all the same. I, I, there was a time when I was growing up that I was like, there's rap. And there's hip-hop. Rap is all nonsense. Hip-hop's the heads, the conscious stuff. I genuinely don't think all them labels are needed anymore. I think it, it doesn't need to be divided up. Again, there's a massive difference between page poetry and spoken word. I, I wouldn't do a book of poetry at this stage because I don't feel I'm qualified enough as a writer in, in, that, in that format. I'm very qualified as a stage performer or writer, <laughs> but not as a, as a page poet so that's that's something i'd want to get a lot better at before because i could get a book a release of my poetry but that's because of profile rather than ability i think in 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 page writing in in page poetry or a fan base rather than ability or proven success so yeah hope that kind of answers your question a bit well thank you very much much. cheers and would you like us some some stickers hello good evening what's your name sir Uh, ian Ian, nice to meet you. How are you today? Um, not too bad. Not too bad. Good, good, good. And what would you like to discuss? A uh, couple of things for, like everyone uh, wants to do. Want to thank you. No um, problem. I'm a, I'm a dialysis patient. I have dialysis yep. uh, three times a week. Um, spend 15 hours sitting in a chair having my blood sucked. Wow. Um, and uh, the, the, the nice trilogy of yourself and Adam Buxton and Richard Herring helps get me through that. Perfect. Um, and it's just brilliant stuff to sit and listen to because a lot of people have sort of said to me at the time, 
when I first started it, well, I, um, what are you going to do? Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Know, I just, I, I just go to sleep. I thought, no, it's chill time. It's I, I quite, to some extent, quite enjoy it because I can sit and relax yeah. and do whatever. It's I want. forced a, a relaxation, but there's there is a machine just humming. Exactly, and there yeah, is yeah. Something I can't happening. go anywhere. <laughs> I've, I've, I've not obviously I've not ex- experienced that, but I used to do. Um, a, a platelet donation um, every month or two yep. and it's where they take a load of blood out mm-hmm. they take out the platelets and then they pump it back in and again it's not something that you can comfortably or easily no. just kind of drift off or fall asleep <laughs> so, 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 so I use that a lot for reading but there's there's a, a friend of mine and and, and rapper called, called, called POS who's amazing in Doomtree and all these other things and he he has to regularly have dialysis now and when he was touring he would tour and have his hotel room, he'd have regular dialysis in his hotel yeah. room, and it's just it's mind-blowing to me, in, in two ways, the amazing awesomeness of it, that we yeah. can have these things that go, right, you can still live your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, there was a point where you'd have to go, right, that's, that's it for you now, you're kind <laughs> of at home, and that's that, whereas now it's like, right, no, you're at home for this period, and then you're It is good. tricky, I mean, I'm hoping in the future we may be able to do it at home so yeah. i have a machine there yeah, so sure. i can because i still work so i still got my normal working day yeah uh, but then at the evening i can go sit and watch tv for a couple of hours chill and do a couple of hours of a night over a week rather than extended periods three times a week so yeah but um but yeah so that's thank you for helping no me get through that all. that's brilliant and um uh, and the music as well. Obviously, I list got all of that on my uh, on my tablet and stuff. And I genuinely some of keep your forgetting. Team... I make music. Yeah, I've been doing the podcast <laughs> a little while, and I feel like, like people will tweet me saying, "Distraction Pieces" is my favourite album, and I'll be like, "Oh shit, it's an album as well, isn't it?" It's not just me talking to my mates. I've got, I felt cheeky. I've, I've, I've got all the CDs in my in my bag with me tonight, and I thought, is it going to be too cheeky to get picked to sign everything I've got? I'll Probably, sign everything you've got as whatever. long as you buy a book as well. Oh, obviously, yeah, obviously. <laughs> huh? Uh, but my question, sorry, yeah, let's get back Go to ahead. Um, the, uh, uh, what were your feet? I, I, I'm not sure if, if you're aware, um, when it comes to transplant, obviously most, a lot of people carry donor cards and stuff. Yep. Um, uh, a lot of people are pushing for a, a rule that they've got in Wales now, but not mm-hmm. in England, uh, in the, in the, it should be an opt out. Uh, yeah, I completely agree. Um, yeah. and, uh, Obviously, when I first started dialysis and was put on the transplant list, I was told it could be five, six years on average. It's crazy, yeah. Um, whereas if we had the opt-in scheme, um, yeah, it, you know, people I, could be done a lot sooner. I definitely think it should be an opt-in, an opt-out, uh, uh, sorry, scheme. Because again, a lot of people who don't, who aren't donors, it's just because they've not thought about it or don't know about it. They've not got a valid thing against it. I don't particularly have any beliefs. In, in afterlife or religion so it's like I'd rather that everyone's just gets used for good use pop them in hot dogs if you need to at least let's not just not just throw them in the ground taking up space we do my, it with my, all the other animals let's do it with us but again no, I, I completely think that we should absolutely harvest the healthy parts of anyone that's I mean, that's, my, my that's, wife that's was even doable. one. That... No, genuinely, this is not a joke. Like for for medical reasons, not for hot dogs. <laughs> Just the the leftover bits for hot dogs. Uh, when uh, we first got married, I had a donor card. My wife was uh, against 
donor. She's, yeah. no, I don't want to be cut up. And same with her family. It's said crazy, isn't they it? They come to me. But of course, obviously, since uh, what's happened with me, she's like, oh, God, no, it's, yeah, I, yeah. I can see it now. It's obvious. Every, yeah, it needs to be done. Just give them but, everything, um, every part of your body. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have an apology card from a penis. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever gets that. <laughs> That's a link to Richard Herring there, talking about penis transplants it. later. Yeah, he's been talking about that. <laughs> but yeah, I, yeah I, I think it's great, and I think we're, we're coming on, on, on leaps and bounds. There's recently been that guy who had a hand transplant, yeah. and, it, and it's, it's looking like it's all going to be a viable thing. So I think I love the idea of us... Like, I used to love uh, pulling the arms and heads off my toys and putting different arms and heads <laughs> on them. The closer we can come to that being reality. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The better for me. I Definitely. want a little. If I get an injury, I want a Superman <laughs> arm tucked on. Um, but yeah, hope Good. that answers your question. It does. Thank you very much. Well, thank you very much, and all nice the rest of you. Thank you, mate. And this is the last guy for this section. I've overrun a little bit, so apologies, guys. Hello, sir. What is your Hello, name? Hello, Mr. Pip. <coughs> uh, Dan. Dan, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Yeah, I like your I little, up, your little up on the stage your Western tie thing. What, oh, yeah, what are they thanks. called? I, a few, few people said uh, I look like Brokeback Mountain. And, That's good. You know, it's good look. Walking horses outside. And I like it. I like it. How are you doing today? Yeah, good. Good, thank you. Yeah, good. Yeah. And what's your question? Yeah, um, I'm just going back to the spoken word stuff. And yep. I know two people before I come on no, it's fine. said about it. Um, but I just, I've just banged wondered. on about it for years. You're allowed to bang <laughs> on about it for 10 minutes. No, no, I love it. I just want to say thank you for the podcast because no it's, it's kept me occupied hours of driving to work. And I kept love me alive, probably. Kept, dr- me, kept me awake. Yeah. A few for, times I've been like, not because of the podcast. Yeah, but. yeah. We do have some shit guests. But <laughs> for, for driving and exercise, I just listen to so many podcasts. Yeah. It's like, I was genuinely excited about this, this book tour because I've been working from home a lot and I've not been getting to listen to as, as many podcasts because I'm another one I love it like when I'm travelling I think it's yeah. great I don't um, know how you get the time to do all you do that was one of the things I was thinking how I'm, do you do all you do like, I'm, I'm really antisocial and I get insomnia quite a bit <laughs> so there's loads of time it turns out turns out spoiler alert there's 24 hours like every day and then there's just another 24 the next day like it doesn't go down they're always there it's mental <laughs> but yeah, cheers. What's your, is, have you uh, got yeah, a, yeah. The your... first one that leads, leads on to that. Um, what what made you decide to do a podcast? What what brought about the the whole idea? Like, I want to do a podcast, and how did you decide what to start it on? Like, it, was there an aim for the podcast originally, or? Or, or basically the inspiration? I was doing a show at XFM called The Beatdown, okay. and basically I wanted to do a podcast because my producer was just so shit. It was. It's <laughs> not really. He's in the room tonight. He's, he's brilliant. In fact, I want him. To come up and have a chat later. Um, no, I've been I've been doing the beatdown, and I realised I was listening constantly to podcasts. And I went on Joe Rogan's podcast in America. It was when I was on a gap from the beatdown, and he kind of said to me then, he was like, "Why don't you just do a podcast? You don't. Why would you work for someone else when we're now in a position where you could just work for yourself and you don't have to have anyone say you can't discuss that or you can discuss that." So, yeah, it was just it appealed massively. I didn't know what I was going to do with it. I mean, I go into more detail in this in the opening chapter of the book, which is available <laughs> in the interval we're about to take. Um, but yeah, I, I, I go into more detail there. But yeah, I didn't know what would come of it or, or what it'd be. But the goal was I wanted to start doing it. And I knew that through touring for years, I had a decent like address book as such that I could, like, I could launch with Alan Moore, a Russell Brands, a Zane Lowe and DJ Yoda. I was like, that's a decent start, that. So, yeah, I kind of yeah. 
I just I wanted to give it a go, and it's yeah, it doesn't feel like it's ending. I think it's good because you've got such a varied fan base as well, um, yeah. and I think it's because you're quite open in your spoken word stuff. Like everything, it, it hits a chord with everyone from any any walk of it's, life. So I think for yeah. that, you know, a lot of people are gonna listen, you know, because everyone exactly talking. that. It's a weird one, and if you try to plan it, you you never could. But kind of as I was saying earlier on, where we suddenly realised oh, we had this fan base of all ages, from all walks of life, from all all genres that then makes you the perfect person to do a podcast. Because a podcast, or this style of podcast, it's a huge variation of people. But if they're open enough to be into the other stuff I've been doing, you'd kind of hope that they'll be led along that same path. Yeah, and just a second one quick. Um, when, when you first started writing the spoken word stuff, uh, did, you, did you ever start out and you thought, I want to write about that? Or did you start writing something and then you start, it turns into something completely different and then you sort of, start building bits of different things? Do, do you find that? Or I've, got, you... I've got hundreds of, of notes on my phone and it's all just ideas. It returns off phrases, thoughts, and every now and then I'll sit down and work them into a song. A Letter from God to Man, which is, is one of our most popular awesome. songs that's gone on, that's been stuck around for years and years. I went to a spoken word gig and someone said, creator, and I misheard it as curator. Or the other way around. And that was the catalyst. And on the drive home, I wrote 90% of that song. So it's rarely planned. It's rarely logical, but yeah. it tends to get there in the end somehow. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, thank you. And uh, yeah, like I say, thanks for the podcast and the brilliant music. It's thank awesome. you. Have some stickers. <laughs> thank you. Cheers. Thank you, man. Enjoy the break and I'll see you in a bit. Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out at the French Open for a chance to win a Grand Slam title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. See the action unfold as legends fight for glory and new rivalries emerge. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th, with match replays on demand so you never miss a moment. From the first serve to the final point, Roland Garros promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens.